I'm Marianne Kolbesak-McGee, Executive Editor at Information Security Media Group. I'm at HIMSS today speaking with Lucia Savage, Chief Privacy Officer at the Office of the National Coordinator for Health IT. Lucia will be speaking to us about some of the work underway related to privacy and security initiatives at ONC. Hi, Lucia. Hi, Marianne. Thanks for joining us. So now, HHS late last week issued a proposed rule that makes changes to meaningful use stages one and two. Now, I understand that there are some changes related to the measurements in some privacy and security-related requirements, including the percentage of patients that need to access their records electronically, and then also there's some changes in the secure messaging percentage that healthcare providers need to meet. Why were those changes made, and what other privacy and security-related changes are proposed in this new rule, and you know, what do you think is most important for people to know? Well, Medicare is actually in charge of how how come it made its uh, changes, so I can only basically speculate. But there was a lot of um, concern in the provider community that they couldn't they couldn't achieve the minimum measures required for stage two uh, meaningful use attestation, and so those were relieved and relaxed a little bit. From my perspective, you know that's all about how the physician and the patient interact, and we of course want physicians to interact robustly with their patients, and we want patients to take full advantage of their rights to access their own data. So the threshold is very low and that should not really impede a patient from demanding access through their portal in any event. That rule doesn't really impact what the patient should do for themselves. So the other thing to remember is what came out last week is a proposed rule. So now we start an official comment period where people can give Medicare their comments about whether they think that rule is a good idea or not a good idea and they're expecting those comments and we of course hope that people will comment robustly. Speaking of comments, the public comment phase just ended for ONC's draft interoperability roadmap. How would you describe the feedback that ONC has been getting so far with its various privacy and security related proposals? What proposals are generally being embraced and where do you see the pushback? Well, it's actually kind of great. So um, in the Privacy and Security Work Group, which is one of our FACAs, we go through a disciplined process of asking the stakeholders who participate there to give us specific feedback. And one of the things that has been resoundingly endorsed is this idea that we really need to be a lot clearer about exactly what the HIPAA rules are and how they really actually support interoperable exchange. And of course, we released our new Privacy and Security Guide today, which is our first step in that. It's a brand new, well, up to the 2014 rules. It's got a lot of practical examples in it that kind of take the existing guidance and move it to the next stage so we try to make it relevant for the practice a physician has today Um, and we're really excited about going down that path of responding to that demand for more practical information that gives clear examples that people can really build their um, practices on. Regarding that guide, what would you say some of the highlights are that you think would be most helpful for healthcare providers to know about in that guide? There's a few. One is we have it's it's in a chapter format, so you can print or download exactly the information you want as a provider. And Chapter 7, which is one of our favorite, is a very easy sort of security checklist for a small or medium practice to um, go through their own processes and figure out if if they're meeting the standards identified in there to help them have appropriate security for their private information. Another thing we're really proud of is we've updated the guide to sort of explain how, in fact, you can use that famous now um, portal to securely but electronically communicate with your patients because the patients want to communicate electronically. 
So is the guide aimed primarily at sort of the smaller healthcare organizations that might be struggling a little bit more than maybe some of the larger organizations that might have a team of people who work on these things? Exactly. The guide is designed for small to medium-sized practices and the people who support them. So it would be appropriate for health IT consultants working with small to medium-sized practices, and it's designed to help the small to medium-sized practice have very specific information that they can use to, to plan their work, their privacy compliance, and also to help them understand how, in fact, they can already share information with other physicians in their patient's life. So now, Lucia, tell us what else is on the top of ONC's priority list for 2015 when it comes to privacy and security initiatives. Nationally, I think we're looking at a lot of issues related to cybersecurity, and we've been saying for a while in the healthcare sector that kind of big healthcare cybersecurity issues were next, and we know from the Anthem and the Primera breaches that that, in fact, has occurred. So without getting into a lot of detail, I can just assure the listeners that there's a lot of work being done to um, strengthen and enhance the way that the healthcare as an industry responds to cyber threats and to sort of up their game now that, in fact, we're in the sight lines of the cyber criminals. Now, indeed, there have been a few major breaches lately in the healthcare sector involving hackers attacking health insurers. Do you think that the healthcare providers are next on that list of targets by the hackers? And what should hospitals and clinics be learning from these hacker incidents to date on the insurers? Well, I think it's partly about size. You have to understand that Primera and Anthem are extremely large companies, and we don't know all the details because all the reporting hasn't been completed, but I think people should understand that there are relative scales here and relative attractions. The second thing I would say is that there are some fundamental practices that everyone needs to ensure they um, uptake. Uh, One that we point out in the guide, for example, is obviously you're going to have passwords or maybe two or three levels of passwords to log into your system. Don't put them on a sticky note on the cabinet next to where a computer is sitting. Just fundamental things like that. So we're trying to do both things at the same time. Privacy and security are among the five core building blocks in ONC's 10-year roadmap for building an interoperable nationwide health IT infrastructure. What do you think are the biggest privacy and security related obstacles or challenges that need to be conquered in that roadmap? Well, the roadmap lays out a very complicated legal environment that we have in which, you know, we have HIPAA. It's a fundamental rule that's kind of the floor for everything. But on top of that, states have enacted rules and organizations have enacted policies that kind of sit on top of that and are more privacy protective. And some of those protections are really quite needed. So, for example, we have protections in place that require an individual patient permission for particular types of data because in the past that data has been used to discriminate against people. But at At the same time, we need to maximize the data that's available for our learning health system. So that's probably the biggest privacy and security challenge we have is growing our information capabilities while ensuring that people's privacy is respected, that discrimination doesn't occur, that data is not used improperly, that data isn't stolen. Now, HHS has also been working on the accounting of disclosures rule for a while. It's been sort of in limbo. Any updates on that? Any expectations of when another rule might be proposed or another proposal issued? That rule would be issued by the Office for Civil Rights, and you'd have to ask them. I'm sorry, I don't really know. Now, various surveys have been showing that some patients have doubts on whether their health data will be kept 
private and secure in electronic health records. And at the same time, consumers keep hearing about these mega breaches that do indeed infect them, whether it's the hacking attack on Anthem or our target breach. What's your message to consumers about the role that they can play in protecting their health data? And besides just blindly signing these HIPAA forms that they get every time they go to a doctor or hospital, what questions should they ask about their health data, privacy, and security? Well, the first one, and I always ask this myself when I'm seeing a new provider, is why do you need to collect my Social Security number? Because unless you're in a government-sponsored insurance program like Medicare or Medicaid, there's really no reason for your provider to have your Social Security number. And so you should ask that about all the information points they're collecting because maybe they actually don't need that to register for you for care. So that's number one on my consumer list. But I actually think, to get back to your preamble, the survey data is really mixed. We have some people are definitely worried about breaches as kind of a an inchoate or something they don't understand but they think may be frightening. And at the same time, we have pretty good survey data that tells us that patients who use their portals and interact electronically with their physicians or hospitals actually have a lot of confidence in the security with which that data is held because they're using those security controls themselves every day. And so I don't think there's a definitive answer about how patients feel. We have to look at both of those things and maybe expand the use of portals so people become familiar with it, as well as upping our security game at the practice level. And now, Lucia, one last question. You issued the Privacy and Security Guide today. ONC's been working on the interoperability roadmap. What should we be watching for next when it comes to privacy and security? Anything else that's coming out soon? Any efforts underway that will be made public that we should be watching for? We always have um, a lot of activities in the hopper. You can probably look for a final version of the roadmap. We actually published it and took comments. We have our own proposed rule out that does have some security and privacy features in it. That rule will be finalized. And honestly, this is a very busy office, so there's always something coming down the pike. Unfortunately, I can't always tell you exactly what it's going to be. Thank you, Lucia. I've been speaking to Lucia Savage of ONC. I'm Marianne Kolbesek-McGee. Thanks for listening.